Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, how can a holy, righteous God forgive a guilty sinner like me? A look at Romans chapter 3, verses 20 through 28. This is at the heart of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that was recovered at the Reformation and that is extremely important that we hold on to, that we proclaim with all of our might, for this is the truth of God. How can a holy God forgive guilty sinners? Let me read the text. I'm going to use the Lexham English Bible translation. And later I will be referring to a couple of other contemporary language translations of the same verses. But hear the word of God. For by the works of the law, no person will be declared righteous before him. For through the law comes knowledge of sin. Now that verse is at the end of a series of quotations from the Old Testament, chiefly from the Psalms, that demonstrate that all people are sinners before God in their thoughts, in their words, in their deeds, in their acts of evil and in their acts of not doing good. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, by the works of the law, no one can be or will be declared righteous before God. Why? Well, through the law comes the knowledge of sin not the knowledge of redemption, and not redemption, but the knowledge of sin. In other words, the law's first role is to show sinners they need reconciliation with the holy God. And in so showing them that need, it shuts out from them any hope of them being able to achieve righteousness on their own that we'll be acceptable to God. Now, the law does reveal the righteousness of God. It reveals his character is holy. It reveals his character as always doing that which is right. It reveals God as being this omnipotent, omniscient, transcendent, holy, majestic God. When Isaiah confronted him, in the temple in his day, he could only cry out, Woe is me, for I am undone. That's what the law does to people. It tells them you are a sinner. And when you are awakened to that, your only cry can be, Woe is me, for I am undone. So how can a righteous God ever forgive a guilty sinner? Or Phrase it another way. How can a sinner find access, an acceptable standing, a right relationship with the holy God? How can a righteous God ever let me into his presence and establish a relationship, a friendship with me? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now... Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, 
being testified about by the law and the prophets, that is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe in him. Now, let me read that from another translation. Because in the footnote, even in this translation, we have this alternative way it can be done. Both are true, by the way. But the one at the end is going to be focused on us. But this focuses on Jesus Christ himself, the person of Jesus Christ. And so here is the International Standard Version, that same verse. But now apart from the law, God's righteousness is revealed and is attested by the law and the prophets. God's righteousness through the faithfulness of Jesus, the Messiah, for all who believe. Or another translation, the common English translation. For now God's righteousness has been revealed apart from the law, which is confirmed by the law and the prophets. God's righteousness through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ for all who have faith in him. In other words, Jesus Christ himself reveals the righteousness of God. Because you see, Jesus Christ is the man, Christ Jesus, who kept the law of God perfectly. He is the sinless one. But he came into our world. He took to himself our humanity. And in our humanity, he kept perfectly the law of God. He is the perfect righteousness of God. He demonstrates the righteousness of God completely, thoroughly, for he did always those things that pleased the Father. He never did anything contrary to the will of the Father. He pleased the Father in everything. And the Father testified on more than one occasion, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now this is important because you see, only a righteous man who has vindicated the very righteousness of God, is able to make a sacrifice for the sins of people. He is going to function as our faithful high priest, but he is also our sacrifice and our priest. This is very important because it's only by the shedding of blood that forgiveness of sin comes. Let's read more of the text. For that is to say, the righteousness of God through faith or through the faithfulness in Jesus Christ to all who believe. For there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God made publicly available as the mercy seat, that is, as the propitiation, that is, the atoning sacrifice that took the punishment due to the sin of sinners and absorbed it in his own body on the tree. He endured the very wrath of God. He expiated our sin. He propitiated the wrath of God. God made publicly available the mercy seat in Jesus Christ through faith in his blood for a demonstration of his righteousness because of the passing over previously committed sins in the forbearance of God for the demonstration of his righteousness in the present time so that he should be just and the one who justifies the person by faith in Jesus. 
Now, you know, when we listen to Paul and when we read his writings, the sentences can be somewhat convoluted for us because in his excitement of telling us the great reality of how God has fulfilled all of the Old Testament law, he, he goes on and he, he just compiles the words one upon another. So we need to break them apart. So let me try to do that for us right now. First of all, Romans 3.20 no one is justified by the law. Why is that? No person, no human being will be declared righteous before God through the works of the law or by the works of the law. Why is that? Why isn't it possible for people to be justified before God by works of the law? Well, the previous verses in Romans 3 tells us why. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, we're already lawbreakers. If you're already a lawbreaker, you obviously cannot be justified by the law. Instead, you stand condemned under the law. Well, how many broken laws does it take to condemn you before God? Well, James tells us only one. One will do the trick. James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking all of it. In other words, infraction of one law makes you a lawbreaker subject to the punishment, the infinite punishment of a holy God against sin. Therefore, by the works of the law, no one can be justified in his sight. Well, you say, well, can't God just forgive me now and then just let me live the rest of my life keeping the law and therefore accept me at the end based on that? And the answer to that is no. Reason? We're already a lawbreaker. Reason number two, our nature, which is inclined to sin, continues even in our redeemed state to have a struggle with sin so that we often sin. First John brings that reality to us. It says that whoever says that they're without sin is a liar. They're calling God a liar. And John tells us, but if we are truthful and confess our sins, we're honest before God, acknowledging our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Why? Because of the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Now that's what Romans 3 is talking about. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. It's a righteousness that comes through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ for all who have faith in him, there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. All right, so the all here is every person. Why? Because every person has sinned, Jew and Gentile. Paul has demonstrated that in Romans 1 through chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to Romans 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 20. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But he talks about a second all. But the all is already defined for us in the text. It's for all who believe. For all who believe, all are treated as righteous freely by his grace because of a ransom that has been paid or that was paid by the Messiah, Jesus. So how can a righteous God accept the guilty sinner? 
Well, he can accept the guilty sinner because the sin of the guilty one has been placed upon an innocent one, the righteous man, Christ Jesus. And he, in his dual nature as God and man, has borne the punishment of our sins. This is the love of God that satisfies the wrath of God, justifying the righteousness of God, so that God can be both just and the justifier of those who believe in Jesus. Paul writes about this in another spot in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For our sake, he, that is God the Father, made him, that is Jesus, the Messiah, the Son, to be sin who knew no sin. He's the perfect, sinless, righteous one of God. He knew no sin, but God credited him our sin. God treated him as he was the sinner. God treated him as the one who is underneath all of our sin, all of our transgression, so that in him, we, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That is, that we might have given, credited to our account, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You see what God has done? God expiates our sin. He forgives us our sin by the atoning sacrifice of sin. But he can do this justly because Jesus Christ bore the punishment due us, that is the wrath of God against our sinners, was absorbed in his own body and paid for in his sacrifice on the tree. God not only then forgives those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he not only wipes the slate clean, but he does something further. He does the great and glorious act of clothing us in the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. And he looks upon us as if we are as righteous in his sight as his son, Jesus Christ. God's righteousness is a gift to undeserving sinners who put their faith in Jesus Christ alone. How does God do this? He does it through the redemption that is in the Messiah Jesus. That is glorious. And this is the great gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, listen, this perfectly is illustrated for us in Jesus' parable about the publican and the sinner that went up to pray in the temple. And we'll look at that in another Bible insight. But I want to share with you the words in closing of a contemporary hymn written by Eric Schumacher and David L. Ward. It really relies on the parable of the publican and sinner uh, but it also takes in this, this whole point about it's not what we've done, but what God in Christ has done that is our righteousness before him. Well, in fact, let me save that hymn for later, and let me share this one by Horatius Boner. Not what these hands have done can save my guilty soul. Not what my toiling flesh has borne can make my spirit whole. Not what I feel or do can give me peace with God. Not all my prayers and sighs and tears can bear my awful load. It's, your repentance can't earn you. Your repentance only prepares you to receive. And that repentance is wrought by the very regenerating work of God in our heart that allows us to turn away from ourselves and our sin 
to Christ in faith and embrace him. Thy work, your work alone, O Christ, can ease this weight of sin. Your blood alone, O Lamb of God, can give me peace within. Your love to me, O God, not mine, O Lord, to you, can rid me of this dark unrest and set my spirit free. I bless the Christ of God. I rest on love divine. With unfaltering lip and heart, I call this Savior mine. His cross dispels each doubt. I bury in his tomb each thought of unbelief and fear, each lingering shade of gloom. I praise the God of grace. I trust his truth and might. He calls me his. I call him mine. My God, my joy, my light, my Lord has saved my life and freely pardon gives. I love because he first loved me. I lived because he lives. Look, brother and sister, if you believe in Christ, it's not only for the first time you come to him, this is true. This is continuing constantly in our lives as believers so that when we stumble and when we sin, we must look to Christ, look to Christ, and remember to say, I am his. He has bought me with the blood of Christ. In Christ I live. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insight. And the next time, remember, you need the gospel.